I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 445. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Sometimes there are phrases in our Christian speak, though they are scriptural, perhaps we haven't taken the time to really understand them. Uh, Mac Powell's song, New Creation, inspired me to take some time and think about where this idea of new creation comes from in God's word, and then understand it on a deeper level within the context of where it's found. So are you ready to dive into scripture? Me too. But first, let's listen. You brought me blessings out of a tragedy. You turned my old song into a symphony. And with your spirit living inside of me, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. That was the chorus, but the opening lyrics of this song say, I thought I knew what I was talking about when I testified of your great love. Well, I was a soul on fire. There was no doubt. Bible believing saved and washed in the blood. But it wasn't till I stumbled and made my mistakes that I could know in my soul how amazing was grace. So if you've listened or followed Mac Powell when he was the lead singer of Third Day, you'll recognize that phrase, soul on fire. And Third Day recorded a song with that title. In fact, I produced a podcast episode using Soul on Fire way back in 2015. You can check it out in episode 55 for old time's sake. It's at michellenizette.com forward slash five five. But what got me inspired this week was the phrase in the chorus, I'm a new creation. Now, there are a couple of places in the New Testament where we are called a new creation literally a couple. One is in 2 Corinthians, one's in Galatians. We're going to look at the one in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So now that I have an area of scripture to study, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I know what to do next. I'm going to read that verse in context. And reading in context is my favorite Bible interaction tool exercise. I call these exercises bites for short. And I know I say this every week, but if you will make reading in context your habit, it will transform not only the way that you read scripture, but the amount of scripture that you're taking in on a regular basis. So my loose definition of reading in context is to read the chapter before, the chapter, and the chapter after your focus verse. 
if you're so inclined, you can read the entire letter to the Corinthians. Now, I actually just read this letter during my morning Bible time with my daughter just last week. So this week, I backed up to chapter four and I read through chapter six. But I was trying to read it on a day when my focus level was pretty low. So I added the bite of reading the text out loud. Now, the very nature of reading out loud also meant that I was taking the bite of slowing down because uh, I can read faster uh, in my head than I can reading out loud. And when I find myself rushing during Bible reading, I try to intentionally slow down and take another bite that I should have taken from the beginning, and that is to pray. And so this week I wrote out what I prayed just so that you know how I do it. And this is, this is pretty much what I prayed. Dear God, help me immerse myself in these words. Help me understand where Paul is coming from as he writes to the Corinthians. Help me understand how the original readers might be taking in what he's saying. Keep me curious and my heart open to whatever you want to reveal during my time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And before we move on from this bite, I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, the habit of prayer is good, but the spirit of prayer is better. So you are talking to a holy God. I recognize that. But if you're asking him to help you understand his word, This is a prayer he wants to answer. This kind of prayer is aligned with his will. Just be sure you want him. Now, I often say, seek his face more than you seek his hand. Now, by reading 2 Corinthians 5 in context, if you're a regular listener, you may have noticed a verse talking about pleasing God, something that last week's episode was about. In in 2 Corinthians 5, 9, it says, so whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him, meaning whether we're alive or we're on earth or we are alive with him in heaven, we make it our aim to please him. And our inspiration verse actually holds a theme that we explored the week before that, uh, the new heaven and the new earth. So I hope as you study for yourself this week that you're going to see these connections and get as excited about them as I have gotten. So it's just exciting to begin to study various areas of scripture and begin to make those connections on your own. And I hope that happens for you this week. Now, now that I've read the inspiration verse in larger context, chapter four, chapter five, and chapter six. I'm going to zoom in and look at it within the context of the section it lives in. Now, this section may or may not match what your Bible defines as a section with section titles or even chapter breaks. So I give you permission as you're studying to ignore those you know, section titles that somebody else has put in there as you read and just see if you agree or not. Oftentimes I'll be like, yeah, that pretty much is the section. But for example, I'm going to start my observations beginning in verse 14 and ending in verse two of chapter six. And that is not how my section titles broke it out in the Bible that I was reading. So let's read it together. Second Corinthians chapter five, verses 14 uh, through the end of, of chapter five. And then the first couple of verses of chapter six. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who might, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 
All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you. And in a day of salvation, I've helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Okay, so I'm going to take the bites of making a list uh, and compare and contrast because I want to make a list of the compare and contrast that I see in this text. So I saw uh, dead versus alive. That was one of the things I added to my list. I also saw a comparison of regarding others according to the flesh versus not regarding others according to the flesh. And I saw old creation and new creation. And and of course, there may be more. There are more. But today, I want to think more deeply about that new creation. But you could take one of the other items on the list and then follow the same pattern that I'm going to use here to kind of dive in and think about it. So I'm giving you some potential homework or some bonus work if you want to work on that. So as I ponder this idea of new creation, um, I want to back up to consider where we first encounter creation in scripture and what we know of it. And so our first encounter in scripture of creation is Genesis 1-1 at the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, there is a Latin term, uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce it, but creatio ex nihilo, and it refers to God creating everything from nothing. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And so that's where they get this idea of creating something out of nothing. In fact, Genesis 1-2 says that the earth was form uh, without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So you've got this like nothingness. And uh, so before God created the first time, he had nothing to work with. The earth was formless. It was a wasteland. It was empty. It was void. But as a new creation, my question then is God working with an empty slate. And I'm going to say yes, because of the language that we studied regarding the new heavens and the new earth a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you remember, but in Isaiah 65, verse 17, God says, Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. So if that's the case, if the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind as it relates to the new heavens and the new earth, then it stands to reason that the new creation that dwells within the new heavens and the new earth will be the same. The old has passed away. The new has come. So this aligns also with the verses right above it, talking about dying to self, including dying to self-interest and exchanging that way of living uh, for living for Christ. So if our old self lived only for self and our new self lives for Christ, then what is our purpose as a new creation? Obviously, our purpose was uh, previously all about us. And so our new purpose needs to be aligned with the purposes of God and his purposes are reconciliation. So in 2 Corinthians 5.18, which you heard as I read 
Earlier, it says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So let's take a bite of defining the word here. So I look up reconciliation. The act of reconciliation is the act of reestablishing of friendly relations after disagreement or enmity. And when I further study the word, it holds this idea of a group act done in cooperation. So we see in these verses uh, in 2 Corinthians 5 that God and Christ are working together to bring about a renewed relationship with them. We're the ones that are in disagreement or in enmity. We are included in this as recipients of their activity. And then we are included as we are sent out with the same ministry that we have been the recipients of. So with that in mind, let's look and see what Paul is saying about reconciliation. I'm going to make another list because it just helps me decipher things. But we see that believers are reconciled. There's a message of reconciliation to be shared. God is reconciling the world. There's a call to the non-believer to be reconciled. And God sends us out to make that appeal to the non-believer. So according to this section of scripture, Again, God reconciled us to himself through Christ, meaning he reestablished a relationship connection between the believer and himself through Christ. Uh, The message of 2 Corinthians uh, by Paul Barnett says this, In writing that God reconciled us to himself, Paul is teaching that it is God who is the aggrieved party and that man is the cause of the alienation. Now, we know that our sin keeps us separated from God. But in case that you think that God is uncaring, you just have to look closer. God is the one who initiates the reconciliation. We didn't come and say, we're sorry for our sin. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So the relationship was broken because of our sin. God's the victim here, but also the one who takes action. It's just so beautiful as you as you really think about and ponder and meditate on this idea of reconciliation. So how does he take action? Through Christ. You know, Christ's death and and then therefore our death to self cleared the slate for God to create something out of nothing. Ex nihilo. Again, right? A new creation that is reestablished in relationship to God as it was in the beginning. So here you have just a deeper picture of reconciliation. So if you're a believer, if you are in Christ, you are reconciled to God. But as a new creation in right relationship with God, we now have a purpose and a responsibility. And that is the ministry of reconciliation. So 2 Corinthians 5 uh, verses 17 through 19 again, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So the scripture defines this ministry, this ministry of reconciliation, as sharing the message of reconciliation with the world. And what is the message? The message is God is saying, I won't count your sins against you. I won't count it against you, not because I'm I'm going to forgive and forget, but because Christ has paid the penalty. Uh, so 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, for our sakes, 
For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, tucked into all of this is another name for us. Uh, We are already described as a new creation, and now we have a new title. And it's in verse 20, 2 Corinthians 5, 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now, remember how I said that reconciliation is a group effort. It's something that's done in cooperation. And we've already talked about God's role and uh, as initiator and Christ's role. And now we look at our role. Now, we had no part in being reconciled to God. But once we are reconciled, again, the initiation was on God. We, we now have, we are now reconciled and now we do have a part. We have a ministry. We have a message and we have a title. But verse 20 says we are conduit, says God is making his appeal through us. And verse one of chapter six says, working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Now, I love collaboration. I'm currently on a teaching team at church. It's one of the most gratifying experiences I've had in a long time. Uh, there's a mutual love and respect among the panel, and I am challenged and cared for and respected as we share the truth of God's word together. As a new creation, God is calling us into collaboration with himself. He initiated, but we are not given a a new uniform just to stand on the sidelines. We're in the game. So let's go back to my prayer from earlier. Where is Paul coming from? Well, he's teaching and inspiring the reader to collaborate with God. How is the original audience taking it? there's a chance that they may receive the grace of God in vain. This is a warning that he puts in there. And their hearts may be closed to the teaching. And he says that later on in chapter 6 that they are restricted by their own competing affections. So there's a chance that this beautiful teaching might not land uh, in a fertile soil uh, to be able to be lived out. So in my prayer, I prayed for an open heart and curiosity. God met me in my curiosity. Uh, My life was a wasteland before God made me a new creation. But now that the old is gone and the new has come, I don't want to take the grace of God in vain. Uh, One, by not receiving the reconciliation of God uh, with God through Christ. And number two, by shirking my responsibilities as an ambassador for Christ. God's heart is for the world to be reconciled to him. His plan is to make that appeal through me. So my heart question is to see how I may have competing affections of my own that derail me from this ministry or cloud this message of reconciliation that God wants to make through me. If I want what God wants more than I want what he can do for me, I need to step out as his ambassador, his representative to the world to tell them that God doesn't want to count their sin against them. And there's a way to be reconnected in our broken relationship with him. So what's next? Well, read Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. At least read chapters four through six before taking a closer look at verses 14 through 21 of chapter five and the next few verses of chapter six. Now consider what it is to be a new creation in light of what you know about the first creation. We just barely scratched the surface. There's a lot there to ponder and meditate and think on. Interact with the text by making lists and defining words as you ponder the meaning of reconciliation and your ministry message 
message and title that comes out of being reconciled to God. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. My handle on Twitter or Instagram is at michellekneezat. My public Facebook page is michellekneezat. And we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out our other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. I would be honored if you follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. But if you sign up on my website at michellekneezat.com, then I'm able to email you once a week. And the benefit of that is I send you the show notes with all of the scriptures I use, links to resources I've used in my personal study, things I mentioned in the podcast, but also maybe just background information that I read during the week to prepare for my study. All I sent all of that in that Monday morning email. Now, my featured free resource this week to new subscribers is my 30-day music challenge, which is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. So I'll walk you through it with one-minute videos every day. It's free and it's short. And so if you can head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 30-day challenge to take the challenge. Change your music and change your life. Now with that in mind, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed lately, like Shannon from Hawaii, Tina from North Carolina, and Karen from St. Lucia. Welcome. Don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And if you haven't left a review yet, do that today by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be featuring In the Room by Matt Marr to dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 445. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.